0: Hey, this is Matt Stacy, Youth Pastor at New Life, and this is our podcast. I hope that the preaching and teaching you listen to here encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with God. This podcast is a ministry of New Life, and as such, is completely free to the listener. That being said, if you feel led to give to this ministry, we want to make that available to you. You can text GIVE to 833-793-0451. You can also give online through the Tithely app by searching New Life Tabernacle. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the message. This Jesus. Unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable. If there's anything that the book of Revelation shows us, it's it's that about our God. He's unstoppable. Amen. We are in our... 24th lesson tonight of the book of revelation if you wouldn't mind praying with me over this we're going to pray over this and then we'll dive right into the word of the lord jesus we thank you so much for this opportunity in your presence lord we thank you for this opportunity in your house to study your word we are so grateful tonight jesus Help me, Lord, to teach in a way that you can anoint. Help me to say everything you'd have me to say, nothing more, nothing less. Open up our understanding tonight. Help us to love your word more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. We are tonight in our 24th lesson of the book of Revelation. Last week, we studied the first half of chapter 13. It's one of the more well known chapters in the book of Revelation. The first half documents, and what we talked about last week was the rise of the Antichrist. Talks about how. The Antichrist would be the embodiment, if you will, of every force that has opposed God from the beginning until that time. He will be wounded, we saw, and then he will be re- miraculously healed, and this sign is going to cause the world uh, to worship him, everyone who is not a believer. Scripture says everyone whose name is not written in the book of life will worship him uh, because of this sign. This week we're looking at the second half of chapter 13, maybe the most well-known in the book of Revelation, even more than the first half of chapter 13. We're going to see the rise of the antichrist, right man, also known as the false prophet. Uh, the text we're looking at tonight, if you will, is kind of, it kind of gives a setting and an atmosphere for what the end of the world is going to look at. People love to look at this chapter and speculate about the end of the world. And there's a lot here that we can find. We're going to look at the mark of the beast tonight. We're going to look at uh, 666, the false prophet, uh, all of that good stuff. It won't take uh, too long, but this is fascinating stuff. This is stuff that people like to talk about when it comes to the book of Revelation. We're getting into it tonight. Let's look at verse 11. There we go. We got it. I thought there was a clicker problem once again. Verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. So John here sees coming out, arising, if you will. Remember last week he saw a beast rising out of the sea. This week he sees a beast. This time it's rising out of the earth. And interestingly, he looked like a lamb, but spoke as a dragon, had the voice of a dragon. A lot of people like to speculate about what this beast is. So last week, uh, they would come to the conclusion that that first beast is the Antichrist. And that this beast, uh, a lot of people speculate, is a system of government Uh, that'll come to rise at that time that the Antichrist will use uh, for his purposes. However, the word that's used there, I've got it up here for you, uh, is another, the Greek word there, it means another of the exact same kind. So if the first beast, and I I think we've come to an agreement, that the first beast would be the Antichrist, It, it represents a man, this second beast would have to represent a man also because it's another of the exact same kind uh, that John sees. The next thing he sees or he says is, he sees it, he he rises out of the earth. Uh, And there's a lot of speculation. You may have heard at some point that the Antichrist or the false prophet would be a Jew. Um, This is where... Uh, some people get that um, out of that word for earth. They take that to mean Palestine. The first beast arose out of the sea. They took that to mean the mass of people. So that would be a Gentile. This one's the earth, Palestine. Uh, And so they can come to the conclusion that this is the Jew. However, I believe that's reading way too much into the text. That's someone who has a lot of time on their hands. I don't Believe that the text mentions anything even uh, remotely close to that. It just says beasts coming out of the earth. So we've talked about this. Where a simple explanation is available, it's best to go with that simple ex- explanation. I see here out of the earth in contrast to heaven. Uh, so essentially, what this is telling us is this is not an angel. This is not a demon in the sense. Now, he's possessed by demons. He's possessed by demonic power. But he himself is a man. He's of the earth. He rises out of uh, the earth. Um, again, possessed in order to fulfill the purpose Satan has for him. Absolutely. But a man indeed. So the first beast, we believe, is the Antichrist. The second beast, we believe, is another man. We'll talk about it more as we go along, but he is what is known as the false prophet. His appearance is deceptive. you got to pay attention whenever you're studying this book to the language that is used, to the vision that John sees. So he sees the beast coming out. And what does this a beast appear like? He says that it appears he has two horns like a lamb. So his appearance is like a lamb. What's fascinating about that is the term lamb is used 29 times in the book of Revelation. 28 of those references are to Christ. It's referring, it's, 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 it's the lamb that is representing Jesus or representing Christ. Only one time is lamb used in the entire book of Revelation to mean anything other than Jesus. And it's used right here to describe the false prophet. Now, I don't consider something like that to be a coincidence. I think that's on purpose. He's deceptive in his appearance. The Bible says that Satan appears as an angel of light. So this guy that's going to step on the scene, clearly he's going to be smooth. He's going to be charismatic. Uh, He's going to convince a lot of people to follow him. Some people believe uh, because uh, the rest of the time lamb is used to represent Jesus. This time it's used to represent the second beast or the the false prophet. Some believe that he comes from uh, the religion of that day. And it's possible that in that day a man will arise that has fooled a lot of people. That is from the religions of that day. Um, And he convinces those people that are already following him to end up following him towards the Antichrist or towards the beast. But what's fascinating, even though he has the appearance of a lamb, you've got to watch what he says. He has the voice of a dragon. The time that the dragon is mentioned here, every time it's referring to Satan. Satan. So he, ha- he might have the appearance of good. He might be clothed as kind of an angel of light, someone who's smooth, who's charismatic, who can get you on his side, convince you that he's the good guy in, in the argument. But you've got to listen closely because he's got the voice of Satan. He's speaking under the power and the influence of Satan. So it's, it, you, you pay attention to the language that's being used here. look at verse 12 and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed so elsewhere in the book of revelation i think it's three other times he's referred to as the false prophet, you could almost look at him as kind of the John the Baptist of the Antichrist. He's the one that's leading the way, he's he's preaching for the Antichrist, he's convincing people uh, to follow the Antichrist, deceiving people into following the Antichrist. And what's fascinating is the exact same power that is fueling the Antichrist, that's giving the Antichrist his energy, his ability, his anointing, if you will. It's a different kind of anointing. Satan has uh, an opposite, a counterfeit of what God has. The same thing uh, that powers Satan, that fuels Satan, is also going to fuel the second beast that comes out of the earth. And he's going to go around preaching, if you will, convincing people through his charisma uh, to follow um, the first beast. Let's look at verse 13. The Antichrist. And he doeth wonders, great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now it's important that we, have, we listen to the whole voice of Scripture whenever we analyze certain things just as this. There's going to be a man that steps on the scene. He's going to be smooth. He's going to be charismatic. He's going to convince people that he is a lamb, even though he's a wolf in lamb's clothing. And not only all of that, if all of that wasn't convincing enough, this man is going to be a great miracle worker. He does great wonders. He even does a wonder so great that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Fascinating, right? So this is real miracles. It says in the sight of men. So it's not something, Brother Kendall, that's just done in the background and then brought out before everybody, and then trying to convince everybody that this guy actually is doing miracles. He's doing it in front of everyone. And this is a pretty advanced society at this time. It's not going to be just easy to fool them and convince them uh, that something's going on when it's not. It's going to be legitimate miracles that are taking place. Jesus spoke of this. You look at Matthew 24, uh, 24, I didn't put it on the screen. But Jesus said, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. This is why Jesus said, and this is so important in the day and the hour that we're living in. When there is pseudo-spirituality and things that are creeping into the church. Because if you're not careful, you'll be convinced that all Christianity is, is signs and wonders. That all Christianity is, is the miracles that are working. And my Bible does say that signs are going to follow them that believe. But that's not the only thing that distinguishes authentic Christianity In fact, there are other things that distinguish it. Those signs are a follow-along. They're not it. They're following it. Amen? Right here it says that there's going to come a man who is not connected to Jesus at all. And Jesus himself warns that there's going to come a time that men are going to operate in the supernatural, and they're going to convince people to follow along in that way. And if we're not careful, that's why Jesus said that we are to try the spirits to see that they are of God. He said that you'll know them by their fruits. So when this man comes along, it would be easy to be deceived if we're not judging things by their fruits. Brother Kindle. if instead we're looking at him and we're saying, that's a real miracle. So that must be a real sign of God. God must have His favor over that man. Wrong. Signs are going to follow Him, and yet He is a worker of Satan. And didn't Jesus himself say that in that day there are going to come men to him that says, in thy name we cast out spirits. In thy name we did certain things. We prophesied. And yet he's going to say, depart from me. We never even knew you. That's because those things follow believers, but they are not Christianity in and of itself. There is fruit of the Spirit that matters. And that distinguishes us, the fruit. That's why Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit because this man if they look closely If they look beyond the the mirage of the miracles and the signs and the wonders What they're going to find is a tree that doesn't bear fruit A tree that doesn't look like jesus that doesn't worship jesus as lord If they would just look closely like jesus said But instead the world is going to look at him and they're going to be deceived by the signs what did Jesus say? It's, it's, a, it's a wicked generation that seeks after a sign. Why? Because signs can be manipulated. And there are other people that can use signs. So we, we've got to be careful. We must not be swept away by every teacher, even in our day, that claims to be a miracle worker. You've got to guard your heart against the signs, against the desire to seek a sign the truth is and this is what distinguishes us from them in that day jesus alone christ alone that's our desire that's what we're seeking for we're thankful for angels the bible says they're minister says they're ministering spirits but i don't seek angels And I don't worship angels. I worship Jesus. And I'm thankful for the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm thankful for healing. And I'm thankful for prophecy. And I'm thankful for all of that. But I don't seek those things. I seek Jesus. And whenever I seek Jesus, I'll find those things. Amen. So it's important to make a distinction. And why? Because there's coming a man that's going to deceive the whole world. And he's going to do it by doing signs, wonders, and miracles. But he's going to do it by being disconnected from the source, the root. So Jesus, Lord of all, gives him permission to work these miracles. Be Don't be deceived about that. He doesn't have power in and of himself to do this stuff. He's doing it under the permission of God. He's given permission to do it. And by doing it, he's going to deceive many. That's why it's important to stay connected. Look, look at verse 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by his sword and did live. So make no mistake. The purpose of the false prophet is to deceive. When he steps on the scene, his purpose is to deceive. He's going to use miracles in order to deceive the world to cause them to want to worship the beast. And then he's going to, uh, and catch this, he's going to convince them to make an image to the beast which had a wound by a sword and did live. So the world's fascinated, right, by the fact that the Antichrist suffered a deadly wound. It says here, a wound by a sword. It's a deadly wound. And he lived, he was healed, he survived. So they view him as someone who has conquered death. And then the false prophet comes along, and he's doing signs, wonders, and miracles. He's calling fire down from heaven. He's convinced the world. And after he's convinced the world and deceived the world, then he has them make an image to the beast in order to worship the beast. Verse 15. Now this is fascinating. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Fascinating. So he causes the people in that day, they're convinced, they're deceived, they make an image of stone, they set it up in the temple. And the false prophet comes along and he's been given power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause many as would not worship the image of the beast and should be killed. So here we are. This demonically possessed individual has got power. Now, many look at this. I guess we should go over some of the theories of what some say this could be. They look at this, and and when when television first came around, actually, theologians looked at this verse, and they they said, well, televisions, that's what uh, this is. They couldn't understand that on a screen, in a place where they weren't, that there was somebody that was speaking through the screen. So they were convinced that television was this, and then they were convinced that computers were actually this, um, and all of that stuff, and there's been, we 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 could spend a lot of time on the theories that people have as far as what this would be. However, the fact that it would cause, as many would not worship the beast should be killed, the fact that it would be able to speak and say these things tells me, and he says he had power to give it life under the image. So all of those things would convince me that this is this is an actual image that uh it's supernaturally able whether it's possessed by demonic powers or not that's up for debate, however it happens. but we know that supernaturally this thing is able to speak, and not only did it speak but it caused as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed so it's not just and some people say well it's a hologram well i don't i it I don't know that a hologram would be able to convince someone to go and kill someone else who's not worshipping this beast. I think that you would have to be convinced by the object speaking that this itself must be God. And so that would inspire you to go do this thing's bidding. So that's what we have here. Fascinating. This is, this is, this is, this is how he's able... You ever wonder, uh, people say, how can, he, how can he deceive so many people? This is how signs, wonders, miracles, fire from heaven, making a a beast, a thing that was just stone previously, making it uh, live and breathe. Look at the next verse, verses 16, 17, and 18. And this is what people are fascinated about right here, all over the place. There are people that uh, spend no time in church, have not been in church at all, and they are familiar with this portion of Scripture. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell save he that had the same mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man and his number is six hundred, three score and six. Here we go. We gotta look at this and talk about this real quick. I'm gonna talk about verse 18, and then we're gonna go back and we'll talk about verses 16 and 17. Because this verse is a little bit um, well, it, I would say this, it's easier for me. Um actually, they're they're as we're gonna see as we go through, and I don't think that they're as difficult as some people might make out to be. So we've got 666. Lots of people. I mean, lots of people. As I just stated, there are people that are, they they have no ties to Christianity at all, and yet they love this verse, they know this verse, they speculate about this verse. Uh, they see, you know, have you ever met someone that sees 666 everywhere? They find ways to find 666 in everything. They find it in their cereal, they'll never eat that kind of cereal again. Amen. They, they find it on a street sign. They decide that street is cursed. I'm not going down that street. There, you're laughing. There are these people. I promise these people exist. So many people have speculated, uh, they like to play games with 666. And there's this, this, uh, theory. So every, uh, Hebrew letter comes with a number. And a numbering system, and people like to play games with those numbering system and try to find who the Antichrist is. Uh, Nero Caesar, uh, 666, uh, actually in the Hebrew lettering. So he's actually Antichrist. That's his number. Uh, all of that, except for Caesar is actually a title and not a name. So we've got to get around that. Um, and then there have been, uh, People use this and they predict the Antichrist. Hitler was Antichrist. Obviously, there's, there's six letters in Hitler. Uh, believe it or not, Ronald Wilson Reagan, 666, was the Antichrist, except for he's now dead and gone, unable to fulfill that. Abraham Lincoln, believe it or not, good old honest Abe, uh, was con- there were people convinced in the 1800s, that Honest Abe was the Antichrist, all because of this. Not because Ronald Wilson Reagan did anything Antichrist-like, or that Abraham Lincoln did anything Antichrist-like, but that they see 666, and so anything with the number 6 has got to be the Antichrist. And I'm going to make this pretty easy. The truth about this is that no one really knows what this means. And I'm and I'm getting laughter out of people. I'm being so serious and honest. My friend asked me, how are you going to explain this to them? And I said, I'm going to be an honest preacher. And I'm going to say that no one really knows what this means. And I've got 30 commentaries and you can read and half of them have different theories from one of another. Um, so everybody's got a theory. Here's the best uh, understanding that I think that we have and i this is the understanding that i prescribe to the number 6 seems to throughout scripture uh designate as the number of man in fact that's what scripture says right here it says for it is the number of man the number of a man 6 he was created on the 6th day so we can we can we can go there the number of 7 uh a lot of people prescribe that to god the number of perfection so what would 6 be 6 would be uh falling short. It would be almost there. We're made in the image of God, but we're not God. We're imperfect. We're close. So that is my understanding of six. I don't think there's anything special that's there other than I think that this is telling us that this is going to be a man that steps on the scene in that day. Other than that, um, I don't know that we can gain anything from 666. So there's my understanding of that. Now let's talk about The mark of the beast, and I've put some some stuff up here for you to look at. The mark of the beast. Things to know. Verse 16 tells us that it's going to be universal. It's going to be, everybody's going to have to have it. If you're alive in that day, you're going to be required to have it. The next thing that it says, and, and hopefully tonight, in this next little bit, I'm going to uh, help you relax when it comes to this scripture these scriptures help relieve some anxiety um, because with understanding comes peace i think when it as regards this scripture one thing that is important to know is this will be literal and it will be visible literal and visible i have heard people look at this Forgive me for chuckling a little bit because there are a lot of theories, I promise you, that go into this. So they read here where it says to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And some people are like, well, that's symbolic and all of that kind of stuff. Actually, it's not. That word for mark there, kerygma, kerygma here's what it means. It means stamped, etched, branded, engraved, or imprinted. This mark is going to be literal, and it's going to be visible. They're going to put it in one of two places. They're either going to put it on your hand, I think it's the right hand, or on your forehead. Those are the places that the mark is going to be. So we look here, we've got, um, at the bottom here, we've got Elon Musk. He would like to, (laughs) He would, and this is so serious as well, um, so take him seriously. He would like to upload your brain onto a chip so that you could live forever beyond yourself. So that's what that's what people are working on right now. They would like to accomplish that. Um, Then we've got this some other stuff that's funny. We've got got the microchip over here. Uh, People wonder, is the chip, is, is this the chip? Is this the mark of the beast? We're gonna talk about that. We've got up here, everyone wants to know, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? Is the vaccine passport the mark of the beast? And then I just put the one on the left up there because I thought that was funny. Um, can you imagine being in that day and, and so-and-so's got the mark of the beast and in order to check out, they just scan your forehead and, and they move on. Amen. So let me help you out as far as the mark goes. Everyone who asks me, and I get asked this a lot, is such and such the mark? Is this the mark? You'd be surprised how many articles I get sent from friends. Every time, without fail, I ask them, where is the beast? Who is the beast? Everyone's looking for the mark of the beast and worried about taking the mark of the beast but no one's able to identify where the beast is. So you, in order to make yourself feel better about this, you have to ask the question, what's the purpose of, it's not just something, I mean, the Antichrist is going to be a very cruel man. But it's not just something that he's going to be cruel, like, I want to put a tattoo on your forehead. That's, that's not the point. There's a purpose behind it. There's a twofold purpose. The first and the most important purpose the mark is the mark is a pledge of allegiance so people all over the world Christians all over the world give themselves anxiety and work themselves up reading the news sending me articles wondering if this is the Antichrist if this is the mark of the beast is the mark in Australia are they working on it in Switzerland they've got chips that's going into people's skin and people are panicking it, my, my credit card now has a chip I think that might be the mark of the beast but nobody can point out where the beast is. Here's the truth. If you haven't swore allegiance to the beast, you haven't taken his mark. You can sleep well at night. Tonight. You will swear allegiance to the to the beast before you take his mark. You will know who he is. You will know what he is. You will recognize him. And you will be required to worship him in that day. And during that requirement of worshiping him you're going to have to take his mark it's going to be clear it's not going to be an accident you're not going to wake up one morning and accidentally you've got it you're not going to you know accidentally you subscribe for something online turns out you took the mark that's not the way this is going to work if you're there and i'm making you laugh but this is this is the truth If you take his mark, you will have to have pledged allegiance to the beast. The second thing is, it's going to be a passport of commerce. And that's where everyone starts speculating. Because right now in New York, in order to work, you've got to have a, a vaccine passport. You've got to have proof that you've been vaccinated. So people say, okay, well that's got to be the mark of the beast. It's similar in the sense that you can't work without it. And and in China, you it, they're they're actually using right now a a social. Uh, I shouldn't have even talked about it. It's a it's a, a social club essentially where it, it it keeps points. So if you post something wrong, brother Kendall, on social media, they take points away from you, um, and so it determines how much you can shop, what you can do, what colleges your children can go to. Uh, so that's scary, right? So. You, You ask the question, "What does modern technology, what role does modern technology play in all of this? Here's what an honest preacher is going to say. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know if the, the vaccine passport is going to be used in a couple of years by the actual Antichrist as his mark. We don't know. Here's what we do know. We do know that when that day comes, he's going to use whatever technology is available to him to press his agenda into the world. So you can look at Australia and the lockdowns that's going on over there. In Germany right now, they're locking down only those that are unvaccinated. Germany is not very self-aware of their history in the last 100 years. It's shocking to me. That's happening right now. So people can point to that and they can say, well, is that the Antichrist? Well, it may be the spirit of the Antichrist. In fact, it probably is the spirit of the Antichrist at work. But when this happens, when the mark of the beast steps on the scene, when the beast steps on the scene, he's going to require that you uh, pledge allegiance to him. That's going to be the difficult task. People are worried about whether or not they've accidentally taken it. People that are alive at that time are going to have to be worried about whether what are you going to do when they come knocking on your door and they're not asking you, have you been vaccinated or not? They're asking you, do you have his mark or not? Have you pledged allegiance yet? If not, why not? Pointing a gun at you, brother. Are, are, have you taken the mark yet? And you might say, well, for me, I'm willing to die for this. Go ahead and take me. But then why don't we step it up? What if they bust into your house and it's not just you, but it's your children and it's your wife? And they ask you, do you have you pledged allegiance yet? That's the seriousness of this. It's not accidental. It's not a chip that while, you're, while you, you went to the hospital for a broken leg and they put a chip inside of you and then all of a sudden you've got the mark on accident. No, it's very serious. He's going to require that you pledge allegiance to Him. And if we were, now I believe very strongly that the church is going to be out, we're going to be raptured away before all of this. And so, when it comes to the mark of the beast and all of that, this is my honest opinion. I I really feel like that it's a waste of time to be searching and and looking for the mark and the Antichrist. I believe we're going to be raptured out of here. But there are going to be believers alive during this time. There are going to be believers alive during this time. And you've got to know, if, if the rapture didn't happen, are you, are you able to stand when a gun is facing you, the guillotine is over your family's neck, your children's neck, to decide that Jesus is still Lord of all? And He's worth dying for. And He's worth my family dying for. It's got to get deep down inside of us. And you say, well, I don't know. There are, You know there are Christians all across the world, even today, that are having to make radical choices like that? They're having to make choices. The the church in China is underground for a reason. The church in North Korea is underground for a reason. They're not allowed to openly proclaim the name of Jesus. Brother Benson, the the gentleman that was here in Matthew, they talked to a missionary at ladies' conference that said, over in the Middle East, you're not even allowed to talk to... It's a capital punishment to talk to somebody about Jesus. So we've got to make up in our minds because this day is coming. Someone's going to be there and are going to be confronted with that. And the question is, maybe it would be better to put it this way. Today, when we're not having to face that pressure, can we find the courage to live for God even though we're not under that pressure yet? We're just under the disdain of Hollywood and the disdain of elites in this world and atheists and secularists that don't like what we teach and don't like that we stand on the Word of God. Can we find it within us the courage to just say, I stand on the Word, I believe everything in it? Amen. We've got to find it in us. Don't be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are going to be people in this day that have to give everything for Him and all He's asking you to do today in relative comfort to just live for Him. Don't be ashamed of Him. Be faithful to Him. Spend time with Him. Get to know Him. Amen. Amen. So all of this that we're looking at here in these, in these, in these, Three verses, 16, 17, 18, gives us clues on what the world's going to be like in that day. Here are the clues. Economy is going to be global. That's apparent. And that's why whenever you hear words like globalism, you got to start listening, pay attention. Now, I realize it's, it's, uh, it's almost become cliche to say we're living in the end times. We've heard it so much. And the truth is, John said that he was living in the end times. John said it. Paul said it. Uh, we believe that we're living in the end times. But one of the signs, and it's a great sign of that, is a global economy. And the world's pushing towards that right now. It's going fast in that direction. So it's going to be a global economy. And then the next thing is the Antichrist, with the help of his false prophet, is going to be ruling politically, religiously, and economically. He's going to control everything in that day. Everything. And so lastly, if you want to stand, and music wants to come. Lastly, as we're talking about this, this is what I get out of this. I'm reading all of this And I think to myself, you know what all of this really does? Doesn't make me afraid. Doesn't give me anxiety. We are not afraid of the Antichrist. We're not afraid of the mark of the beast. You shouldn't lose any sleep over it. We've been through world wars. We may be going through another one. God forbid it. We're not afraid of all that. We trust in Jesus. But here's what encourages me as I read all of that. All of this vindicates... Invalidates god's word brother jeff this was written at a time where the technology wasn't available how could everyone in the world hear the message that the beast is saying at the same time no doubt john as he's as he's under the anointing of the holy ghost and he's writing this in his vision he's wondering how in the world I, he, he just had to trust jesus that's all he could do but here we are living in 2021, almost 2022, and it makes sense. Not only does it make sense, but we've got Christians who they make a living speculating full-time about the technology and the availabilities and where's all this stuff at and where's it coming and all of that good stuff. I'm encouraged. It validates God's word. You can't look at this word that's that this 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 book of the bible revelation that's written over a thousand years ago before any technology was available and it predicted the rise of all of this it predicted the availability with just a push of the button to be able to talk with everybody all over the world how can that be point to me another book another writer anywhere in the world a thousand years ago two thousand years ago that saw all of this coming in any way you can't do it people could have looked at that and they would have scratched their heads even 200 years ago wondering how is this going to work out no more we look at the word of God and we look at the world and technology that's at work did you know that right now they're working on and forgive me for going a little bit longer but I wanted to mention this and I almost forgot right now so you can already buy things with your, with your retina you can buy things with your breath did you know that that's unique to you? This is going to blow your mind. They have technology. Your body odor is specific to you. And they can tell that it's you. we've <laughs> met a few people like that. It's true. Right now, they're working on all of that. So it's not hard to believe. Hey, Amen. It's not hard to believe. You look at this and you're thinking, well, everybody pays cash. And we have a strong black market, it seems like. You know, if if there's something that you can't get, you can always find a way to get it. Not in this day. Nobody can buy or sell or do anything without the beast knowing about it. How is that possible? Cashless society. How can they go cashless? They're already working on it right now. Before the Antichrist even steps on the scene, this will all be in place he's just he's not going to invent the technology for himself he's going to use the technology that's here and the question is is how did god's word know about it how did god's word how did he perceive a moment where everybody would be able to 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 use the same system nobody knew nobody could have predicted somehow john knew how did john know because he was under the anointing of the Holy Ghost because God the writer the author of history of everything he knows the end from the beginning he knows so I know tonight maybe you should, have been, you should have been wowed by the crazy theories. And I could have, I could have taken time and, and brought you X, Y, and Z on why the mark of the beast is at work right now and all of that kind of stuff. But instead I just wanted to come tonight and encourage you that God's word is validated by everything that's going on right now. How about, how about taking that perspective instead of looking at everything, trying to find the mark? How about looking at everything in wonder, thinking, wow, God's word is true. God's word is true. I can believe it. I can stand on it. I can live it. I wonder if you could just find a place tonight just for the next little bit. You know like we do on Wednesday nights. Find a place to pray. And let's thank God for his word. Let's thank God that He's holding the entire world in His hand. He's in control. Can we do that tonight for just a little bit?